genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King one disc break minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> the final disc break minute at a time. Yes, the last one. Oh, wow. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today is Bobcaster from Immunities. Hello. Hello. Howdy. <laughs> And today we're talking about minute 128, which starts with Gothmog saying, bring up the wolf's head, and ends with <laughs> someone on the deck of one of these Corsair ships saying, uh, who are you to deny us passage? Uh, right in the middle of this minute, we just jump, uh, jump cut, no transitional scene, nothing. To, uh, <laughs> the river that we, we got a view of from a distance after uh, Aragorn and company left the Paths of the Dead. But before right, not that, even like sound. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's nothing. No, no sound cue. It just, yeah, it just. It's yeah, it doesn't like die away or something like that. It's just like boom. <laughs> but uh, before that, we get this, this, all this chanting, grunt, 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 grunt. Lawrence Macquarie, uh in the commentary is just. Do you know how hard it is to say grunt over and over again with fake teeth? They're just like chanting it for minutes at a time yeah. like to, so they can do the sweep over everything. And everyone's got these big fake prosthetic teeth in and their, their mouths are starting to hurt. While they go, and you can see in some of the some of the orcs while you're watching it, the way that they're saying grand looks kind of stilted and funny, the way that they're moving their mouths. Mm. Yeah, it's very deliberate. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're being careful to not like clack the prosthetic teeth together and stuff. From the first moment I saw this scene, uh, I've been in... And every every time since then, I've been reminded of the first episode of Invader Zim, where oh, uh, the tallest. Well, actually, it's specifically where where Zim and Gur are like been put in a capsule and they're being sent off to Earth, and he's like, you know, it's like our enemies will meet their doom. And Gur, who's this little crazy robot, for those who haven't seen it, you know, says, "Doom, I'm going to sing the Doom song now. Doom, 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 Doom." And then a little thing came, it comes in six months later, and it's like, "Doom, Doom, Doom, Doom," and Zim is like going completely <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so I just, I could just hear the, him saying, "I'm going to sing the Grand song now. Grand, 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 Grand." Oh, oh, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I need to rewatch those some point, which would not take very long, as I recall. They are very, they are extremely short, but uh, uh, yeah, there's a only a few seasons. And transgressive like, animation. Yeah. The uh, so yeah, we get the reveal of what Grand is. Grand is this giant battering ram in the shape of a, a wolf with fire in its mouth, being hauled yep, by yep. being hauled by trolls. It looks sick, right? It's awesome. <laughs> it Grand is looks badass. pretty awesome. Yeah. Like it's it's metal as all hell. That was one of my definite like. Okay, this is exactly as cool as this is possibly even cooler than I thought it would look from the book. Right? Yeah. So these you ask about the animals carrying dragon. Uh, They are just called great beasts in the text. They Mm -hmm. are only referred to as great beasts and are not described at all. 
And it wasn't until this moment, even though I've seen this movie many times, that I have questioned them at all. It's like, wait, what are those things? <laughs> They're like right? spiky dinosaurs. Yeah. Right? Great beasts. They brought them from Tatooine or something. <laughs> I know they look they look kind of Star Warsy. Um Right. It's like a space rhinoceros. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost got like a beak the way that its mouth comes together, but it's still like covered in the in the hide. Mm-hmm. And then it's got this mm-hmm. one big horn that covers the entire top of its head. It doesn't seem to have ears really. Um, I feel bad. Like, I don't know that it's like a horn instead of like a, a bone plate or something. Cause they also have like horns, I think. Unless no, that's, that's the yoke. Okay. And they have this, this really like big humped back. Yeah. Yeah. How big are these guys? Uh, big. They're, they're quite large. Uh, two to three times the height of a person. Yeah. They're not only font big. No, they're like. They're bigger than troll big. They do look like fantasy rhinos. <laughs> See, I can't say space rhinos because those are Jadoon. Oh, that, that's fair. <laughs> this is this is the ancestor of the Jadoon. <laughs> Much, you know, the missing, not the missing link, sometime before that. Jadoon platoon to bring your doom. Yeah. And so like somewhere, if there was an evolutionary chart, like we see of like monkey to man, this is somewhere early <laughs> in the chart for, from rhino to Jadoon. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly normal evolutionary forces dictated that right. <laughs> that yeah. transformation actually i the, maybe the the perspective of this is a little funny maybe these are really only about troll sized maybe a little bigger they look they look pretty big i think they um they're like troll sized at the shoulder yeah maybe a tiny they're bit like, bigger than that they're like horse size like if if a troll was like man sized, these dudes look like horse sized. Horse sized yeah. compared to a troll. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking at the the one shot where you see the trolls pushing and like the the guards who are like sort of like making sure nobody gets too close to them, which is kind of funny given that like, you know, the whole field is just full of orcs. <laughs> right. Right. It's like it's more like they're there too. Like, they're like an honor guard. It's like no pictures, please. No pictures. <laughs> Right. They, Five dollars to have your picture taken with Gron. Gron. <laughs> <laughs> they got a velvet rope in the back. <laughs> they pull it out, put it around. You got to get in line. This is a fancy battering ram. Yeah, uh, this is the fanciest battering ram. So the name Gron uh, was the name of Morgoth's mace. That's the yes. origin of the name. It- this is the name of Morgoth's weapon. This was and those who listen to our animated thing, you will know that like my headcanon is that they, is is that they just that Morgoth just left the weapon behind, and this is it, like up on a on a cantilever. To... Yeah, I mean yeah. that would make sense. Uh, uh, in the in the book, uh, when they describe Grand, this battering ram, uh, you're told that it was forged in the the latter days of uh, in the latter days of the Third Age, specifically for this singular purpose of breaking the gate of Minas Tirith. Right. What? Which makes it, which makes it funny that they it, didn't bring it up earlier. Right. <laughs> right. It's like no, we're going to save it for. <laughs> we're going to save this in case we need it later. You know, to like open up, you know, to break open the gate of Bree or something like that. <laughs> it's like we don't necessarily need it for this battle. This isn't like some ultimate final battle or anything. 
and in the in the book, this has like a clearly magical quality because when it breaks the gates down, there's like a flash of magical light. Mm. Ah, nice. So like this, yeah, there's, there's something to this item. Where it was just Gandalf is to... definitely impressed by it too. You know, he he looks yeah. down like he, you don't see him look very often. Of like sort of like oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> that does he not look good. Definitely... <laughs> Gives it the same look he gave the Balrog. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's something more more akin to his his world than to our world or something. Yeah, yeah. it's like you expect him to turn around and, and look at the soldiers and be like, "This is beyond any of you." Which which would lead credence <laughs> to our head canon though, uh, if if um, Gandalf recognizes it as one having once belonged to Morgoth. Yeah, thank Just you like, very much. Oh damn! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because there's sort of a, you know, yeah, there's definitely like a, uh, what do you say, a a scale, you know, so if there's like, you know, it's like, oh, that's of Dwarven make. Oh, that's of Numenorean make. Oh, that's of Elven make. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) freaking hammer. (laughs) Uh, A Valar made that. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, we just skipped over Maiar. We're we're up to Valar level now. Alla probably made that before Morgoth was evil. Yeah, it's that's yeah. There we go. That's so cool. <laughs> it's like here you can tenderize meat with this. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess the one ring would be the, the our one Maiar make weapon or uh, item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the the rings of power are just uh just one step removed. The rest of them from a, from a Maiar's hand directly. Yeah, yeah, they're like high high, high edge of health, low edge of Maiar, like right right there on the cusp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they can do some crazy stuff. So <laughs> sure. Just you know, I'm just Gandalf is looking at this this battering ram. Just in the in the once Gimli is here in the aftermath of the battle, they're looking at this thing just laying there on the edge of the Pelnor fields. And Gandalf looks at Gimli and says, "Do you know who made that? You're, you know, <laughs> the same guy that made you." <laughs> so, my dad? No. <laughs> my dad. Well, that. Him too. <laughs> The guy who made Durin, let's put it that way, and six others. Right. Yeah. You know, I um, I wish there was more magic in these movies. Right? Yeah. I, if if there ever is another adaptation of these stories, I imagine there will be more of a drive to do more magic. Because this... I mean, there's not a lot of magic in the book. That oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, there isn't, but there's there's. There is like explicit magic in the books, but there's also a lot of implied magic in this story that there's no like mm. description for, but there were clearly magical things going on. Uh, and there's more explicit magic in the books that we get hints of, but don't really see in, in the movies, like the the telepathic connection between Gandalf, Elrond and Galadriel and, and things of that nature. Like the we only see Galadriel be telepathic in these movies, really. Elrond does it a little. Yeah. But Galadriel is like explicitly right. a telepath. Yeah, it might be that like I haven't seen like high fantasy, high magic like done super well. So for you know other people that might be well, so we want to see it done super well. Whereas for me, right. it's like, uh, but I'm afraid that it'll ruin like whatever it touches. Which you know, I mean, like something like Warcraft is like I thought I found that movie fun, but I didn't like you know take it seriously for one second. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it has a serious look to its design, so. <laughs> yeah, it probably didn't help. Everyone has just such large shoulders and weird faces. <laughs> <laughs> the 
they're orcs, Norman. Oh no, not even not even just the orcs. Oh. Like the designs in Warcraft. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 like everybody. They're like everyone. They're, it's like it's it's like the yeah, it's like eighties office wear hit the uh high fantasy realms. Nice so yeah. shoulders everywhere. Nice. Like some blacksmith saw like just in pauldrons like a, everywhere. Like a woman's eighties power suit. And it was just like <laughs> I can do better than that. <laughs> applied it to everyone across the board awesome <laughs> then you also you know that the design of, of warcraft also has a problem of like monstrous male orcs green women oh boo boo oh yeah 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 they're basically orions yeah and like that's also true of like the trolls in warcraft too what but the trolls in warcraft are like tall lanky skinny things with jamaican accents for some reason oh <laughs> oh wow i've not i've not Gotten enough into Warcraft to, uh... yeah, all the all the the trolls in Warcraft all have like Jamaican accents. Oh well, um, goblins all sound like they're like from Jersey. Blizzard is a terrible company, anyway. So yeah, <laughs> Blizzard has made some some incorrect some decisions. choices. <laughs> yeah, I've never let myself get into like actually playing World of Warcraft because I I think I would like it too much. <laughs> I would just not accomplish anything else. But... I mean, StarCraft started off as a as a Warhammer, like as a as a Warhammer 40k game, and then was turned into their own thing. Oh uh, yeah, um, and then that caused them to be like, "Well, we can make our own Warhammer Fantasy too. <laughs> <laughs> we can just keep leaning into that because it's clear where the influence came from in the first place." <laughs> yeah, if you if you take like Warhammer 40k and and. Uh it has a baby with alien versus predator. Then you basically have Starcraft. <laughs> yeah. Like right down to just straight up xenomorphs pretty much in Starcraft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the shot of this, this thing just staring it, it, that shot of Gandalf. And then the shot of this battergram. it's just like Gandalf is making eye contact with it. He's just like, Oh, <laughs> it's staring what at him. What are you doing here? Um, oh, this, uh, the design of Grand is based on uh, the Wolf of Angband. I'm having a really hard time remembering its name. It begins with a C and has too many consonants. I don't. Oh, is I it like a Welsh thing? Uh, it might be. It's it's it. Uh, the Wolf of Angband is like a like a specific thing in uh, in the Silmarillion somewhere. Uh, uh, Karkaroth. There it is. Right. Who sort of serves the Cerberus? role in the uh, Baron and Luthien tale because they like uh, sing and sing it to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. They, they sing, they sing Karkaroth to sleep and to get, because it has a Silmaril. Is he the, is he the, the beast that takes Baron's hand? I think he is. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, they're definitely mixing up like, uh, like the, the, um, not Osiris, uh, Orpheus. They're mixing up sort of the, combining the Orpheus myth with the, the uh, Nordic uh, winter wolf Fenris Wolf uh, myth at the same time, yeah. you know, combining those two into one cool combo for Baron and Luthien. Yeah, there's a movie they could make. Yeah, I'm, I, I am still thinking that that is inevitably what we're going to get out of some of the Amazon stuff. Like they're going to do the the prequel story first with Numenor, see how that goes. But I imagine that Baron and Luthien is one of the one of the stories from Tolkien's lore that is uh, most most ripe for adaptation. I feel like Baron and Luthien though would be better served on the big screen. 
Not that like yeah. We'll we'll see. It what, would kind of have to be more than one movie. We'll see what cinema looks like after um this global pandemic. Right. But <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like yeah, it definitely doesn't need to be more than one movie. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like a twelve-hour, twenty-hour thing like the Numenor story. Needs, right. You know, probably needs to be, but but like a two movie thing maybe or something like that. Cause that's like a sweeping epic love story as opposed to like a political, like a politically driven, like mm-hmm. right. thriller, I guess. Of people slowly being corrupted by right. this outside influence right. hiding among them in the guise of Plus something lot- And, you know, and it's, and it's uh, an adventure, you know, going to lots of different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, as opposed to Numenor where you could shoot a lot of it on just a few sets. Right. And, you know, one, you know, like desert battle scene at the beginning. And then blow all your money on big flood. Right. <laughs> Destroy the island. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like trying to condense the Numenorian story to a single movie. I f- would probably be a mess. That, yeah. That would be a mess. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd watch it, but. It- <laughs> That'd be like. It would basically be uh, Valyrian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Basically. Oh, my oh, God. There's so much good high fantasy in that. <laughs> that movie is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of the most beautiful messes I think I've ever seen because <laughs> like it's it's gorgeous, but I'm like I don't know what's happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the more gorgeous it gets, the more de- the more senseless it is because yes. like that like the the whole like half hour long Rihanna subplot like makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> and yet looks better than so much than the whole rest of it. <laughs> yeah, like what was the point of that? <laughs> I'm basically space Rihanna. That's what I am. <laughs> Being played by Rihanna, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. It's it's so random. Luke Besson isn't going to go. Is, is it going to go cheap on Space Rihanna? You know, he's going to get the. Right, he's got to get the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Yep, he did. There's like a like a five minute like uh, cabaret of Rihanna in that movie. Oh, just because. <laughs> while while Dane DeHaan is sitting there, just like awestruck. Well, yeah, it's Space Rihanna. Yeah, I mean. I- <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I'm pretty sure that movie is basically this, like, Luc Besson, like, he has all these half-remembered teenage, you know, all these fragmented for teenage memories of reading, like, French, cool French science fiction comic books, and he's like, I want to make it. <laughs> right? It's just like, but what if I and got Rihanna? exactly the way I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, like let's, that. Just, let's just add that on. But it, it doesn't make any sense. No, just add it on. It's for aesthetic. <laughs> It's just for the aesthetic, and we're going to use it in all the marketing. We're going to make a big deal out of the fact that Rihanna's in this movie. <laughs> we'll just have the whole plot just stop for half an hour so that this can happen. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to our space princess reincarnated in the in the body of a boring male protagonist for a moment. We'll, we'll get back to that. <laughs> Trust us. But yeah, so the, we, we get the Corsair ships here. To get back on track, I guess. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So all these pirates are played by Weta Workshop guys. Oh, fun. Pretty much. They're, they're pretty much all Weta Workshop guys, plus uh, Andrew Lesney and Rick Porras. Uh, Andrew Lesney is uh, the director of photography. Uh, and I I believe he's the guy who delivers the line at the end of this minute. Nice. Uh, and then Rick Porras is a very surprised looking guy a little bit further on in this. And then uh, Peter Jackson is Peter also Jackson. one of these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's end of this week, I think. Uh, yeah. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, because the end of this week we're back to Frodo. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow is the last we see of them. <laughs> yeah, like they they only appear in three minutes of the movie, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the, this is minute two, the, the, the second minute they've been in. Yeah. And uh, the moment that this minute stops on, you can see Peter Jackson in the back. Oh, right yeah, 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 yeah. He's back there. He's the chunky one. Yeah. And then in, <laughs> this guy in the, oh, in the front left uh, on the where it's blurry in the, in the left side, I think is Rick Porras. And then I'm not sure who the guy in the middle is. Richard Taylor is also one of these guys somewhere. Nice. But I couldn't spot him <laughs> when I was taking my notes. <laughs> You just look for a dweeb with an affinity for mouse pelts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is uh this was what a workshop's opportunity to get in all the cameos they could. Nice. And then it got cut from the theatrical. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Bam. Like Peter Jackson's cameo is still in the theatrical because we still see him walking on deck when we see the ships before. Right. Oh uh, right. He had to leave that areas from the coasts. <laughs> He's the director. He does what he wants. Exactly. This yeah, is my yeah. movie. It's his Hitchcock moment. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're all from the website Dueling Genre. You should check out uh, all the other movies by minutes podcasts on DuelingGenre.com, like uh, Rocky Minute, Jay and Silent Bob Minute, Cornetto Minute. Check out the backlog of Spider Man Minute. All of them. Just, they're all good. Check them out. There's like a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good way to spend all your time uh, at this time where we have too much of it. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back tomorrow to keep talking about uh, the Corsairs and Aragorn and Gimli and all that stuff for at least a little bit longer. Uh, so hope everyone has sure. a great one. And we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>